Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We give you praise tonight. Amen. As we can go before the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, Matthew 16, we are continuing in our series about being the church. Matthew 16, verse 18. And it says, I say unto thee that thou art Peter upon this rock. I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. We've been talking about being the church. And we first um, talked about what the church is, uh, defining the church. And uh, also defining the church by what it is not. Um, and we know how it, it, it is not a part of the, nor, uh, uh, strapped down to an organization, it goes beyond that. It is, the church is not contained in with some uh, walls of a building. It, it goes far beyond that. Um, we know that it is in the mind of God, in the heart of God, for he purchased it with his own blood. Uh, and so it is so much greater uh, than anything that we can ever uh, imagine. And it is the forefront of what God is doing actively in this world today is that he is building his church, and I'm thankful to be a part of the church of the living God, amen, that he reached out to me uh, and you, and he called us uh, by his love and grace, and we answered the call. Amen. So many times the call goes out, but it never gets picked up or answered. Uh, but there comes blessings to those who answer the call and respond. Amen. And come to the house uh, of the Lord. Um, and we are blessed with a new life, uh, blessed with uh, uh, the family of God, a, a godly uh, church family and uh, family to, to worship the Lord together. And so we are uh, most certainly blessed when uh, we are a part of the family of God. And it's um, uh, life is hard all by itself. It's just going to be a lot harder without God. And I'm thankful to, to know God and to know who he is and to be a part of the plan that he has in store in these last days. Amen. And last week we talked about uh, the church uh, being united uh, in one mind and one accord and uh, be able to uh, feel one another's uh, pain as, as the body parts we, Paul likened them unto, and uh, just knowing our place, uh, wherever that is, we want to make sure we are in the right place and we don't try to make ourselves fit into some puzzle piece that is not made for us. Uh, because one person out of place or out of line can mess things up. As we saw with uh, uh, Saul who was persecuting the church, he thought he was in the right place. Uh, but come to find out on the road to Damascus, he met with Jesus. And Jesus, uh, in short, kind of told him, hey, you're doing things wrong. Let me lead you and guide you to the right place in the body of Christ. And since that day... The church has never been the same uh, because Paul found his calling and his place in the body of Christ and he submitted uh, himself and his life to that calling and to uh, the body of Christ. And that same call goes out to each and every one of us 
Um, it is, uh, the church is so much greater than us. Uh, that he doesn't need us in the church, but he wants us in the church. Uh, as soon as we start thinking that we are somebody, God can easily replace us with somebody else. We get puffed up and, 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 and uh, out of place in our mind, in our heart. Um, we, we know that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, but God gives grace to the humble. And so it, is, it behooves us to uh, stay humble and to uh, uh, persevere with the saints and, and to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, as we talked about last, last week, that uh, above all, our, uh, we should always be trying to do to keep the unity of Spirit in the bond of peace, whatever cost it is. Amen. If we are pursuing that, then uh, what can be said about us? Other than that, we are being a, a good and, and faithful servant. But that doesn't mean it's an easy path. It doesn't mean it's uh, without its hardships and trials. And even uh, it, it may come at the hands or the mouths of people that we know or trust and uh, go through those uh, uh, hardships. But it uh, doesn't matter what uh, they do to us. We're only held accountable for what we do. Our response, our reaction, uh, our words, uh, but if we are endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, then uh, hopefully our words and our actions will uh, line up with uh, that, and we can, be, uh, we can be on God's good side. Man, we, we know the, the, the book of, in the book of Acts, the church was united, um, even as they were waiting for the promise uh, we go to the book of Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church. And it all happened because every member there was in one mind and in one accord, uh, waiting for the word of God to be fulfilled in their life. They didn't know what was coming, uh, but they endeavored there. Uh, they surrendered themselves, their will, their desires, their schedule, whatever it was. They just knew that something was coming and we got to go and wait for it. He didn't even, Jesus didn't even tell them how long to wait. They just, he just said, go and wait. And to come to find out, uh, they could have waited up to 10 days uh, for this promise to come. But it finally came in Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all in one accord and in one place. Uh, and we know that there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what happens uh, when the church came together waiting for one thing to happen, and that is God's plan and God's will and God's purpose um, and uh, in one accord and in one place, and then the Holy Ghost was poured out. And the importance of unity. We understand and we know the importance of that and how fragile it can be. And we know that it is possible and we know uh, that we need it. Um, but how do we get it? Uh, unity doesn't come from everybody. We want everyone to be united, but uh, it doesn't come or go based on crowd size. Uh, unity will only come from people, uh, those that are committed to the cause, that are committed to the church, 
committed to the way of God, uh, who are, are going to forsake uh, whatever comes their way. And unity won't come for those who show up once a month or even twice a month. But unity will come from those that are faithful, those that are committed, and those that are here as much as they can. That's where we are coming together as a body to assemble for the purpose of God. And um, we know that uh, it comes from those that are committed. And Jesus is building his church to, through those people that are committed to uh, the cause of Christ. Uh, it has been said that uh, as many as 500 people watched Jesus ascend into the heaven um, on uh, that day. Um, and as we know, he turned and he spoke to them saying, go and wait into Jerusalem. And so uh, if he spoke to about 500 people there, um, then something happened to the majority of them. Because Acts 2 only tells us that there was 120 in the upper room. And if he was seen of about 500, which the Bible says, and if he told them all to go and wait for the promise, then the majority of them uh, did not make it. Or they showed up earlier, they didn't, they couldn't hand, they, they didn't have the patience, or maybe they showed up late, or whatever it was. Um, and so the 120 of them made it to the upper room, praying and waiting for the promise. They were the committed ones. They were the ones that were sold out. And it's those committed ones that we read about being in one mind and in one accord. And so it's the committed ones that Jesus used to launch the beginning of the church and it's going to be the committed ones that Jesus uses in the last days to usher in the last end-time revival in this world. And I want to be a part of it. And what that means is we got to be committed to the church, to the body of Christ, that no matter what it happens, we got to do our best to be there, to show up, to, to sacrifice whatever it means uh, so that we can be a part of what God is doing in the last days. Amen. We, uh, uh, there is uh, a story that is told of somebody who was writing a love letter to his sweetheart. And as he wrote of his love for her, he went to the extreme lengths of, of language to describe his innermost feelings. And he wrote poetically uh, how much he loved her more than anything and how he would go to any length to be with her and how he would make any sacrifice that is necessary to care for her. Uh, then he concluded his letter by saying, I'll see you Saturday if it doesn't rain. So it's, it's, it's a lot, it's easy to, to talk the talk, but walking the walk is a lot harder because storm clouds come and it's, it behooves us, are we going to be committed through the weather, through the rain, through the, through the thick and the thin. We can say that we're committed, but ultimately it's going to be our actions that demonstrate and that back up uh, our words um, and if our words and our actions do not line up, then something's out of balance. Uh, and so 
uh, many people are quick to express their love for Christ and their commitment to the church, but few are willing to demonstrate their commitment through their actions. And a true disciple of Jesus Christ is not just a person who verbally expresses how they are devoted and they are committed to Christ, uh, but is a disciple is one who commits himself wholeheartedly to the cause no matter what the price. A disciple is one who will make any sacrifice necessary to follow and to serve uh, the Lord, even if death is called upon to make that sacrifice. And so making a, a total commitment to Jesus is the foundation of a true disciple, and that is what Jesus builds his church with, his, his disciples, those that are committed, uh, that are going to be faithful to the end, because who else are you going to give such power and such authority and such responsibility to uh, you're not going to give them to somebody who barely shows up. Uh, we wouldn't, uh, it's the same, the same goes in the world, in the workplace. Um, the managers and owners are not going to give keys of responsibility to people who barely even show up, or who, who don't show up on time, or who don't do their job well. They're not going to get promoted, and they're not, they're not going to get uh, uh, new benefits and blessings uh, and it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. God's not going to give uh, out all this power and authority to people who, who just show up when the weather's fine. Uh, because he's looking for those that are committed and faithful no matter what the day is, no matter what the weather is, no matter what the, the cause is, that they are going to be there. And those committed ones, the faithful ones, whenever they, they get together in one mind and one accord, uh, God can do great things through them and the body that is formed there. Luke chapter 14, uh, we see this, there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and he said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, wife, children, brethren, and sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my uh, disciple. And obviously this word here is translated as hate. Uh, I, think, I don't think Jesus meant uh, that as, as we understand it. Uh, but he means it more of like you got to love them, uh, love me more than them. Uh, love, your, love Jesus more than your family, uh, more than your mother, father. Because if they don't follow Jesus, the, then it, who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow your family that is not living for the Lord, or are you going to face whatever hardship comes your way that you're going to uh, get through your family because they're not believers, they're not committed like you want to be committed. And so we have to make that choice. Are we going to uh, love Jesus more than our family? And verse 27, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. Those are strong uh, strong words to use there. Uh, so, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first, counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he hath laid the foundation is not able to finish it all, all that behold it began to mock him. This man began to build and was not able to finish. 
or what king going to, to make war against another king sitteth not down first, consulteth whether he is able to uh, able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an uh, ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Because uh, this is the test that Jesus uh, gives to everyone that uh, claims to be a follower, a believer uh, in him and his word is are, are we willing to forsake all to follow him? Uh, the, the Greek word commonly that is translated as disciple appears more than 200 times in many forms in the New Testament. Its range of meaning includes disciple, a pupil, or a follower. It is always referring to someone who is following and learning from another person. And so by that definition... Um, there is not a point in our life where we, where, we, where we make it, where we graduate as a believer, and we, don't know, we no longer have to submit, or we no longer have to follow, or we no longer have to learn of Jesus and his word and his ways. Even though we've been in the church for 50 years, we, a disciple should be still, Lord, lead me, Lord, and I'm going to follow you. Teach me, Lord, I want to learn of you because I know that I cannot reach to the, the far ends of the heavens and, and grasp a hold of how great you are. And so a, a humble disciple knows no matter how long they are in it, it is a lifelong calling to submit and follow Jesus Christ and to learn of him and to always continue learning no matter uh, how old we are. Uh, and so the call of a disciple of the church of the living God is one who uh, becomes a disciple that is called by Jesus, uh, who, who Jesus calls out. We have um, examples uh, of, obviously we know that uh, biblically, scripturally, we only have documented scripture proof that uh, 12 people were were called as uh, uh, apostles and disciples of, of Jesus Christ. Um, we later on see in, in John about 70. So we know that there were 70. They're not all mentioned by name. Uh, but by name, uh, we have only a select few that are called by name. And uh, we know that Jesus called them personally. John 6 and 44 says, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Uh, and so we, all, we, we know that we are all drawn by the Spirit of God to, to get to this place. And even guests and visitors who come through these doors on a weekly basis, we know that they are drawn by the Spirit of God. There's a hunger in there, and God is drawing them to the, to the church. Uh, and in the next step of their belief, I guess, Next level of their belief, are, are you willing to hear the truth that is preached and uh, submit yourselves to the word? Uh, and uh, if so, then obviously the, you know, the doors open of, of a new path, uh, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and living a, a righteous and committed, consecrated life. Uh, but there are many people who will hear the truth preached, the gospel preached, and how to obey it and how to apply it. Uh, but many 
leave, and they the search continues. Uh, and so it's not on us to uh, drag them here, drag them back, uh, but we we uh, we scatter the seed, um, and it's on their heart, their decision, if they're going to come back, if they're willing to continue following truth or uh the parable describes uh, birds of the air come and get that seed or the, the weeds of this world, stony, a stony heart of all these things. Um, as much as we want everybody to come back and continue coming, uh, we can't get discouraged at those who do not come. We still continue to, to throw the seed out, to preach the word. Those that are hungry and those that want to be a true disciple will submit themselves to uh, the word of God. And so... Uh, it is a call um, that is uh, uncommon uh, compared to every other church out there because, um, sadly, most of the churches don't preach the apostolic doctrine. It should be that everybody, every church does, but uh, through traditions and man-made doctrines and all, 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 all of that, uh, the truth it becomes a narrow path that only few be there that find it and continue walking in it. But uh, I'm thankful to have answered that call and to continue to stay walking on that path, amen, uh, uh, down the path of righteousness. Um, and so we know that um, uh, the call of disciple is to uh, live a life of sacrifice, leaving your world behind. Um, we see Luke chapter 9. It came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, a lot of people say that. Every Sunday, lots of people show up and say that or profess to be a follower of Christ. Uh, but again, once the word goes out, it then, then becomes their, re, their reaction, their response to the word. Uh, Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, son of the man Son of man hath nowhere to lay his head. He said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at my home, at my house. Jesus said unto him, uh, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit uh, for the kingdom of God. And, and so Jesus is describing here that if you uh, want to follow me as you, these men, uh, these people have proclaimed, uh, then they start saying, uh, but let me go do this first and let me go do this first and do all these things first. And Jesus said, if you're Really going to follow me, you got to be willing to put all that behind you, uh, your past, your old life, whatever uh, things there are, uh, to forsake them and to follow after me because uh, this is not just a light calling. This is not just a, a patty cake life of a Christian uh, that I'm calling you to. Uh, but you're going to come up against uh, strongholds and, 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 and uh, bondage and, and spirits and darkness and devils. Uh, and so you got to be willing to fight through it all and hang in there even when the, uh, the enemy comes in, uh, after you and attacks you and, and persecutes you. i got to know that my truth is safe and secure inside the, the, my followers and my disciples 
Okay, and so you got to be willing to leave your past at the door, uh, if whatever that includes. If that includes ha- you're leaving your family uh, behind, um, not not meaning to just to cut them off, but uh, again going back to to loving Jesus and loving truth more uh, than them and more than any kind of traditions or family things or whatever, uh, because lots of things will come up and try to get in between us and God. Uh, and to uh, provide uh, distractions or weights or whatever it is, but uh, being a true disciple, a follower of Jesus, understanding that we have to put all of those things behind us and reaching forth to this new life uh, that Jesus has promised uh, for his followers. And and notice it's not a a life. He doesn't promise a life of luxury uh, and blessings and, and mansions uh, in this earth. But he says, uh, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, and the Son of Man doesn't have a place to live. Uh, so it's not going to be um, a luxurious time. It's going to be a time of uh, a hardship and struggle at times. But Jesus wants to know if you are willing to go through the journey with him. And we know that it, no matter what we face uh, things are going to be greater. The, the reward that is waiting for us is better and not even worthy to be compared to whatever we face in this life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. He doesn't, he doesn't care about our credentials. He doesn't care about uh, our degrees or how, our, our, our education level. Uh, he is more concerned about our potential, uh, what we are uh, willing to go through uh, the extents and the callings and places we are willing to go. Because Jesus can see our future. He knows the potential and the places he is calling us to. But a lot of times what we, our baggage, uh, the things we have on our own resume of our greatness and our talents and all these things, many times those things can, can prevent us from going where Jesus wants us to go because we have to be willing to let them go. Those things don't matter in the kingdom of God. It's nice having a degree or, or training or all these gifts and talents and abilities from the world. Uh, but f- Jesus wants to know first and foremost, as a follower of him, are we willing just to let go of those things and say, I'm going to follow you wherever you lead? Uh, think about it. Uh, many of Jesus' apostles, the great apostles that he called and he found, uh, were just simple fishermen. The low lives of society uh, they didn't have much uh, riches or wealth to talk about, but yet those made up a large part of his following um, and his apostles. The foundation of the church was just simple fishermen and a, um, a tax guy, a tax collector. I mean, who wants who wants uh, an IRS guy here, uh, you know, as as a part of the church? But Jesus called them, you know. We, you know, we want to keep our distance from the IRS man, but if God calls him, you know, who are we to say you're not welcome, you know? Uh, everybody is welcome, uh, and it doesn't matter who Jesus calls. We got to open our arms and welcome them as fellow believers uh, of, of the church of the living God and welcome them. And so fishermen, IRS agents, and many other uh, um, job people that uh, Jesus called were not uh, the go-to people that he would have, that we most people would pick. They'd go to the, 
you know, the business owners that had multiple businesses, the 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 big shot real estate people that had you know lived in the high rises and owned multiple multiple uh, buildings and a, it was a uh, landlord. I mean, proven uh, successful business person in the world. Why didn't Jesus go to them? There's there's a reason why. Probably he already knew their heart that they wouldn't give all that up uh, to follow him and to live uh, uh, with Jesus wherever he went. Uh, so he went to people of, of no great name, and he called them, and they answered the call. Uh, and so I'm thankful that he came to me, and he asked me to, to, to follow him, and uh, that we all answered the call, and we our lives are better off because of it, following Jesus and being a disciple of him. Um, and so uh, a disciple is one who leaves our past behind and follows him for a new life. It is also um, uh, a disciple is one who is attached to uh, a leader. The English word disciple is rooted in the Latin uh, word, which means pupil or learner. Uh, You can't be a disciple, a follower, a believer, a protege without someone to follow or learn from or to learn to be like. Uh, and so we, we learn about Jesus, his word. We want to be like him. Uh, and so that is who we are following. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, and so uh, learning of Jesus and of his word so that we can be more like him. Uh, that is what a disciple is, always learning uh, to be like our leader. Uh, a, a follower, uh, learning and following from somebody, uh, we know that uh, uh, to follow somebody else has to be in charge, and we know that Jesus is the head of the church, and if we all conform ourselves to be like him, uh, then we will uh, be uh, the people that God has called us to be and be in the right place. Uh, and so being a disciple of the church that Jesus is building is the great call uh, to leave our life behind and to learn of him and to follow him. But how do we know? How do we know that we are a disciple of him? Uh, obviously, obeying the word of God is a, is a first step, a must. You can't be a disciple without that. Uh, picking up our cross and following him. Uh, but Jesus gives us a hint of how uh, we can know how well, how good of a disciple that we are and how the world will know if we are a disciple. Because, you know, everyone that professes to be a Christian professes to be a disciple. But it's so how can the world really tell who's a real disciple or who's not? Uh, John 13.35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And so a good litmus test uh, for a guest to come into these doors and to see how well we align up without even knowing uh, what our doctrine really is. Uh, I guess maybe there's a way that they can tell if we are really a good disciple or not by our love for one another in here. 
I mean, if we can't get along in here, why would anyone else want to join the fight, right? Uh, and so our love for one another, obviously, especially one another in here, uh, but it also uh, we should be loving, uh, you know, everyone we come in contact with because Jesus said, love your enemies. And we're not enemies here, and we, we should definitely be loving one another, uh, but to show the world... Uh, that we are a disciple of Jesus, a true follower, would be also to love our enemy, love and pray for those that hate us and persecute us. That's how they're going to know that he's, he's a committed person. He goes to church. She goes to church. Uh, again, by our response to whatever happens to us, whatever the world throws at us, the world's watching our response. What's our response going to be? And if it is love for one another, um, then I, how can you um, argue against that? And so that is our call to leave our past behind, uh, but also uh, to love one another. And if we can't love one another here, uh, everyone in this room, then obviously God needs to do some work in our heart. Uh, it doesn't matter what the other person is, who they are, what they do or didn't do, what they say or didn't say. If we can't love them, and God needs to do work in us, also in, every, in them as well. But uh, we should be loving them regardless. Uh, instead of our minds and our personal feelings get in the way of our heart towards them. Uh, and so if we, can, if we can love them regardless, uh, then that's one less surgery, heart surgery that God needs to do on us. Um, but we know that we are always a work in progress that uh, it's a lifelong commitment to follow Christ and to be his disciple. And so uh, we have to give up our past, forsake our, fa- our, our past and, and any other uh, drawings. Um, and we got to love one another. And we also got to be obviously committed uh, through whatever whatever's going to come our way. It's easy to sign up and to think and to know that uh, everything's going to be fine. But if when the hard times come and people disappear, then, you know, you can, I guess there's something to be said about that, right? Um, they, they may have professed things that they didn't actually live up to be. But Jesus is looking for those who are committed and going to be faithful through it all. In the good times and in the bad times. In the good times, there's lots of disciples, lots of followers, lots of crowds But in the hard times, that's where things kind of get thinned out a little bit, which is it may be, uh, it may be, I don't say, it may be a sad thing to see numbers drop, but that means uh, that those who are not faithfully committed and fully committed, uh, they're they're no longer here. Uh, And so God can take those who are, demonstrating their call and their commitment that, God, we're going to show up no matter what. That's who God needs is those that are faithful, that are going to be here no matter what. And that's what God's going to build his church and is building his church through is the strong foundation and those that are committed. Um, 2 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about some of the things that he endured uh, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. He says, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. 
Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys and often, and perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of mine own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, and weariness, and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger, and thirst, and fastings often, and cold, and in nakedness. That's, that's the life of the disciple named Paul. Um, and that should be, that's a good job description uh, for anyone who wanting to sign up. If you go ahead and put that on there, on the application, it may weed out a lot of people. And, and, and that, uh, obviously, um, reading that uh, doesn't, at least to me, doesn't give joy to my heart, reading all those things. Um but we got to be able to process that and, and, and make a decision. If that so happens to come, are we, are we still going to show up? Are we still going to be here? Are we still going to follow uh, Jesus? Even if uh, the worst of the worst happens, we got to make that call and that judgment call uh, because a true, uh, a true disciple uh, will do that. And, um, you know, we know that our life is in God's hands. Uh, and so I don't think Paul really knew what was going to come, all these things would have come in. Uh, but we know that he, he endured through all of that because uh, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, we, we say that a lot, uh, but I think Paul really knows what that means, writing up all the stuff that he went through. I mean, our life, if we're honest, our life is a cakewalk compared to Apostle Paul right here. Uh, so we are blessed by that, but that does not mean that we won't face anything like that. Uh, our true test will come, I guess, when something like that happens. Um, and, and we all hope and pray that we pass the test. Amen. Uh, musicians, if you would come. I saw somewhere that said... Um, Uh, Christians in Russia are, their faith is tested through adversity and, and hardship. And the Christians in America, our faith is tested by our freedom. And the harder of the two is the test of freedom because we don't have to do, at least we feel like, we don't have to do a lot, you know. What, what cost, what does this cost me? It doesn't really cost me much. I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do. But in other countries in the world, uh, your faith uh, is tested by jail. You're going to go to jail. I heard... Uh, I forget where I heard it from, but uh, I think it was in China maybe um, that you can't even consider applying to be a pastor of a church unless you've been in jail for preaching. Uh, and so, again, 
those people's faith, it's already being tested. They're, you know, they're, they're proven that, hey, you survive things like that, then, then your faith is solid. Here in America, in the land of the free, uh, we don't face any of those things. And so, uh, God forbid they do come one day, but uh, what we got to make sure that we are, are committed and we are devoted to him uh, and understanding that if something uh, harsh would come our way, that we still hold on. And, and, and it's really, it's in a, a adverse times when our faith is truly, truly tested. Uh, we, we, we may think we have, you know, uh, uh, 300% faith, but we really don't know until a, a trial comes our way. And we face pain, and we face hardship, and then we, we understand and, and see uh, how much of our faith was drained and, and, and how, how we come out through on the other side, and if we're willing to sign up for it again and go through it again, if, if, if so be it. Uh, and so... Uh, being a disciple is not just something that just says, oh, yeah, I'm a disciple, I'm a follower, or I'm, I'm a Christian. Uh, saying those words and those titles uh, is a much deeper meaning than I think we, we, we give to them. Because it's just nonchalantly people say that. I mean, that's why we, I mean, we don't call our, we don't really identify ourselves as Christians because, you know, everyone is a Christian and we know not everyone is. Uh, we don't call ourselves disciples, not necessarily. I mean, we, we identify ourselves as apostolic because we know that embodies a, a, life, a, a lifestyle, a, a doctrine, a way to live. Uh, and it's a lot, uh, it is a lot stricter. It's a little, it, it is a lot harsher uh, compared to every uh, other uh, religions and what they require, ask of them to do. But we just preach the truth of God, and that's what we find in the Word of God. And so there really is no other choice but that. There is no other choice but to live an apostolic life, righteous and holy and set apart for the purpose of God and to, to follow after Him and uh, to be the disciple that He has called us all to be because we know that Jesus is building His church of disciples and empowering each and every one of us uh, to... Uh, to help grow his kingdom in these last days. If you stand with me tonight. In Mark chapter 3, we see uh, Jesus, he goeth up into a mountain, he calleth unto him, whom he would, and they came unto him. And so he was going up to a mountain, and he, he, made a, he called out to those that he had called. And there he ordained the twelve that they should be with him, that, they, that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. And so the first thing that Jesus wanted from his disciples was he wanted their time. Come be with me. Leave all that behind. Come come be with me up on this mountain and, and obviously uh, afterward wherever he went. And so the first thing he wants from us when he calls us is our time. He wants to spend time with us. Uh, he wants us to devote time to him and not just showing up uh, for these services uh, a few times a week. 
But more important than that is uh, time each day uh, that he calls for us. Uh, just like he did in the Garden of Eden, uh, came down and talked with Adam and Eve uh, every single day. So the same call goes to us, not just the call to be saved, but the call to find him and spend time with him. He is more concerned about our walk with him than he is our work for him. We can easily get do things for Jesus, but not spend any time with him. But God, I, I did this for you. I did this for you. He's like, I, well, what I want most is you to come just spend time with me. Where, there's always going to be work to be done. There's always going to be things that need to be done, and I can all... I can always uh, lead and direct people to do those things, but uh, I appreciate you doing that for me, but what I want most is I want your time with me. That's the thing that matters most. He would rather hang out, uh, he would rather you hang out with him than you to burn out doing things for him. We can get so caught up doing ministry and, and, and doing stuff for Jesus us out. We can get burnt out. And then what happens? And we're really absent, aren't we? Uh, but spending time with Him is where we get our joys, where we get our peace, where we get our strength, where we get uh, our resolve to continue on. Uh, and so He is more interested in doing something great in us than we doing something great for Him. He wants to see a change in us. He wants to see our character change, and uh, he wants to see a shift take place in our heart, in our thinking, in our minds, so that we become more like him. He, he would rather see that, a great change in us, than us to go and do something great for him. Because how, how, how close did we get to Jesus in doing that? How much time did we spend with Jesus doing all of that for him? And so we, we, we easily get caught up in, in doing things, and that's just the way we are. We're doers where we work. We do all this stuff. But when it comes to the church and the kingdom of God, God is more concerned about our time, just wanting to be with us and do a work in us, amen, so that he, uh, we can become that person that he really needs us to be, extra sharp and extra strong and extra loving, and then uh, through the, the leading of the Spirit, God can do so much more because we are molded and shaped and we are positioned to be the right person at the right place because we spend all that time with Him and we can just be that catalyst for the next thing God wants to do as opposed to going out and trying to set up all these dominoes and set all these things. God, look what I'm doing for you. Well, if you could just spend time with Him... He can just light a match and boom, and do a greater work than we can do all organizing, orchestrating all these things. And so being a disciple of Jesus Christ in the church of the living God is more about spending time with him and not, not just here, but at our homes and our prayer closets devoted to him and, and wherever he leads us, just walking with Jesus and we can we can be the best that we can be when we are at that place. 
Aren't you thankful for the call of God that he goes out? He calls us with his grace and mercy. We know that we're not deserved to be here, God, but we thank you for that. Help us and lead us as we worship tonight. Lead us, Jesus, to follow you, God, to be closer to you. Prepare us, Jesus. It's not about all that we do for you, God. But it's about being with you, spending time with you, learning from you, to be like you, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Give us that desire. that new heart, that new desire, Jesus. Hallelujah. Prepare us, Jesus, to be that catalyst, to be a sanctuary, to be that disciple that makes you proud. Distracted, I'll be Get caught up doing, Lord. Help us to follow you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We say, Lord, to be a sanctuary. worship him one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for all that you've done in our lives. God, help us to follow you, God, a new desire to be with you, Jesus, to learn of you and to follow you. Wherever you lead us, God, we will go. We give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go and be a disciple of Jesus Christ.